In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is album 55, and we're talking about Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Guys, a lot of you don't know, you know what? The Song of the Fall. It's a new thing. A lot of people don't want to talk about it, but it's the Song of the Fall. I heard it. I heard it on my favorite uh, radio station, so I want to play it for you right now. And it's by a brand new, hot, up-and-coming artist. Here it is. Ooh, great. Oh, no. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us at K-Rob. Your main host, Rob, is out today, so it's me, Wolfman Russ, filling in. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Rob is out today because he has a dentist appointment. Oh, no. <laughs> this next song is dedicated to all those Dr. Yankum Dental School graduates out there that are just oh, trying to make Great. a buck. Oh, no. Yankum <laughs> dentists are saying that there's cavities just so they can charge more money and no. then some scam. <laughs> <laughs> Money! Yes! Get x rays! <laughs> Get a dumb slob with DK and you're okay! <laughs> Money! Get laughing gas! <laughs> Sell those crowns to that dumbass and make the cash! <laughs> New car caviar, waterbed, daydream, dumb shit. Patients don't know about your insurance scheme. <laughs> and then they said that when they do x-rays, that's when they find cavities. Money! That might be plaque. Like 500 it. bucks. Six months, they're back. That bill will make them yak. <laughs> Money! Swish and spit. <laughs> Don't give me that. I floss daily bullshit. <laughs> you can make up cavities if they smoke cigarettes, so you can pay off your dental student loan debt. Seems to me no, that when dentists do not do an X-ray, they're always like, "Rob, <laughs> we didn't do an X-ray. <laughs> the best teeth we've ever seen. They look so good." Mm-hmm. All those dumb shit dentists. <laughs> dumb shit dentists. Oh, they can't oh, find oh, the oh, Is that what we're supposed to do? Rip the dentist. When you want to hear about oh, the greatest albums of all time, <laughs> Russell. But you're just my goodness, that was my period. Wow, I didn't know you had to do that. Is... If you want to hear from and also, we're talking about this later. Get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Wow. Russell, that was unbelievable. But before we talk about that, let's introduce the three guys. Um. <laughs> I've got three guys here who thinks that <laughs> m- lyrics are money. I'll pass. I never want to make money on this podcast. <laughs> because this album syncs up so well with Wizard of Oz, as yeah. is the rumor, my co-host dressed up in outfits. I love it. Uh, here we have Russ, who wants to click his shoes together and say, there's no matches on my phone. There's no matches on my phone. <laughs> Russ, Russ in Minnesota. How are you doing, Russ? Guys, my parody song, It's a Hit. And I don't, <laughs> and don't give me that. I don't know how to sing in seven, eight time do goody bullshit. 
I've got Matt who talks as much as Toto does in the movie. Matt, how are you doing? <laughs> he just follows people around. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Russell, once again, great work. That was unbelievable. Yamas, thank you. And we've got Aaron out in California who's, whose house fell on top of the witch, but his house is so small that she was fine. Aaron, how are you doing? True story. True story. I had another opening, but you mentioned money and it reminded me that not that long ago, I saw a car with a bumper sticker that said, ask gas or grass. Nobody rides free. And I did not know those still existed in the year 2021. So that was pretty exciting. I saw one up in North Dakota. Oh, there you go. Still around. (laughs) Uh, And it's me, Rob from New York. I'm like when the movie switches to color and you realize how shitty the rest of it was. Uh, so Russell, we got to talk about that parody song. That was one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. So how many hours would you say that took you? That sounded like, sounded like you put some real time into that. I I would say probably three to four hours. I probably had two Mm. hours the first night while I was trying to like record (laughs) it and realize how terrible of a singer I am. Yep. And then I probably had another, spend another hour trying to sync up tracks and add sound bites and stuff like that. And then an hour of messing around with effects on the soundboard, trying to make it sound better and realizing I don't know how to work that shit. I'm impressed, man. You had to navigate those complex time signatures when you were singing. You sound like a natural. You sound oh, thank you. like you could do this anytime. I, you know, I was really a big fan of the uh, the content, too. I mean, I thought yes. your, kind of your theme behind that and the song and everything. It was great content. Yeah, yeah believe it or not, that. I was not as much of a fan of the content. Uh, <laughs> well, why'd you write the lyrics for me, then? <laughs> <laughs> Because at no point did I actually hear what I thought I said, which was that some, well, okay, I'm not going to get into it again, but let's just say certain members of my family who are dentists were not pleased with me. And then when I talked to them about it and really apologized face to face, their response was, I didn't hear an apology yet on the podcast. And I was like, oh, and I was just thinking like, oh, we haven't recorded that episode yet. And then I thought about the episode and I was like, oh no, that wasn't a real apology either. It's worse than you think. So I was like, well, we're not going to record for a week and a half. This will all blow over. And now it has not. Rob, as as the person who doesn't speak all that, let, let, let me just apologize on behalf of uh, Beck Did It Better. I'm sorry she feels that way. And so, <laughs> the old, you the know. Old, hey, I'm, I'm sorry if I offended anyone, right? Yeah, if I'm, I offended I'm anyone, sorry she I'm feels sorry. that way. All not I good. know is I saw the song Money and I knew there was one profession that deserved and it earned that song from us over the last few weeks. <laughs> and now an apology from Beck did it better. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Beck does it better podcast. All right, let's get right into oh, our yeah. voicemail. We've actually got two Ooh, messages to us. We've got, first we have a Beck's from the Beck's line. Great suggestion, Ray. Jimi Hendrix live at the BBC. Rob, you should Google BBC videos on your work computer for more gems. What What are we Googling on the work computer right now? Um, how's that working BBC out? videos? What do you got for results? Aaron's giving me a oh, big no. thumbs up. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Something you can't take back here. Yeah. I've decided, by the way, I've always said that my wife, I don't want my wife to cheat on me. I've decided now that oh, if no. my wife does but, cheat on no, me, no. I'm just going to turn it into my fetish. Whatever she does, that's just my fetish now. It's like, oh, yeah. I love it when my wife goes on long work trips and bones some other doctor. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that is my fetish. Like, yeah, that's cool. You know, it's like when she got pregnant and I was like, okay, I guess we're getting into this weird part of the internet. But okay, I guess I'm down with it. Does the other guy have to be a a PhD or of equivalent equivalent education to your wife or could it be anyone of any education level? It, it, it doesn't matter. Cause my fetish could be, Oh, I love it when she, you know, fucks the guy that works down at the gas station down the street. Like any, the, <laughs> anything could become my fetish. That's the point. Maybe the guy who works at 
that Dwayne Reed so then she could bring back free deodorant without having to open up the cabinet, right? Yeah, maybe she could get the keys to the cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that would be an awkward opening of the cabinet once week and you've got to get the condoms and he's the guy opening for, for you, Robin. By the way, still back in my predicament. I hope her fetish is guys that don't smell so great because I am back in that predicament of back in New York did not bring it. I should have, I should have like hauled tons of deodorant in my bag. Like they open up my bag at the airport. It's just all like bear claw shark fin deodorant. Instead, this they'd be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, they're all under lock and key in New York. And they'd be like, I understand, sir. Move along. And by the way, you're first class now. Was there like a rash of deodorant stealing like at some point in the past 10 years or why did deodorant become behind closed? Lock and key. Well, I, I can tell you who's not stealing all. deodorant is that is middle school students. At no point are they like, hey, I should shoplift deodorant. <laughs> is it expensive? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I no Aaron idea. doesn't know because he only buys his from like the mains of Tom's of Main shit, which is like, he's like $15 for deodorant. Yeah, sure. Aaron's <laughs> just like me. every other elite person in the world who doesn't even know the price of milk anymore, right, Aaron? Just go back right. to your ivory tower. You don't want to know about my milk situation. You know, no, you know, rolling going, Rosie. How's it going with you? <laughs> oh God damn! I want to hear about your milk situation. So good now, but okay. I'm not going to get into it. All right, let's get into our voicemail. They called eight zero two two seven seven Beck. Matt could not. Was said he knew those song Golden Years, and he wasn't sure why. He's fibbing you all. He knows that song because why? it is featured in a lovely movie called A Night's Tale, which I'm sure Matt and all of you have watched numerous times because it's wonderful. It has it's like a medieval tale of comedy and romance and Heath Ledger and dancing. It's an epic, wow, like late 90s, This, this is a long phone conversation that any woman I've had in the last year and a half. Golden Years <laughs> by David Bowie. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Matt, is the reason you know Golden Years by David Bowie from A Night's Tale with Heath Ledger? No, I want to remind you. It's really quite fun. It has dancing, Heath Ledger, and a romantic story. The three things that really we talk about when we're done with this podcast. Rob, I thought we got like tens of calls a week and you screened them all for like the best ones. Uh, I actually I actually did something this time where this call was so long I split it into two. So I have a second part of it <laughs> for after this. But no, but actually, no. It's, it's, it's not the reason in, I know it's it. going to come in just a bit longer than our James Brown episode from a week or so ago, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now let's hear the last part of this voicemail. Oh, there's more. Oh, so that's a question you can talk about. What's your favorite dance scene in a movie? Choreographed dance scene in a movie. There's so many good ones to pick from. How could you ever choose? <clears throat> I love the podcast. I always listen to every episode all the way to the end. Even nice. that one where you guys just kept talking and didn't realize you were still recording. Uh-oh. Oh, no. All the way. <laughs> Love oh, no. it. Hey, Super this funny. This could be bad. Laugh. Yeah. Laugh Wait, which one was that? Thanks, guys. Bye. I don't know. I think it's that one I put out accidentally that Russ didn't edit that one. Where at the end we said, well, Russ, tell us how the date really went. And then it was like a half hour <laughs> description. <laughs> what is your guys' favorite? Uh, what is your guys' favorite dance scenes in a movie? I'll go first. I was going to, I was thinking about Dirty Dancing because that was such a strong memory in my head growing yeah. up. But if there's one dance that I think about to when one song comes on every time and a dance that I copy a number of times, it has to be Pee Wee Herman tequila. <laughs> Pee Wee's great adventure. Probably That's the, the answer. Craft oh. dancing of all time. It's, it's absolutely, it's perfect. It's a symbol of world peace, how dance can overcome, you know, <laughs> a bunch of bikers hating him. And he wins them back to his side until, of course, he goes out and knocks over all their bikes and has to get away. 
Uh, what about that you? That is the what right answer. Guys? guys, I know you love dancing uh, movies, okay? The first one that came to mind for me was the scene in Can't Buy Me Love where, uh, who's the guy, McDreamy? Uh, who, the guy who plays McDreamy, Andrew something or other, right? Oh, hell, I can't remember his uh, name. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> it's Patrick Dempsey, and he hey. is the... Oh, 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 Right. He's the nerd who pays the girl to go out with him. Is it Elizabeth Shue? I'm not sure. In any case, oh, he picks oh. up a dance move from watching One, two, uh, like anthropological videos. Oh. And he teaches the whole school how to dance that dance. That's the one I re- that's the first one that came to mind. Uh, so other than things like West Side Story, you know, which is like classic. Hey, dickory, what's dickory, dance, doc, but. that joke really sucks. Wait, what? <laughs> hey, what's this up? We're at a high school dance. I just want to get in my date's pants. Oh! Is that really how his shows went? Oh, oh my God, Aaron. Have you not, I know what we're like doing hours? after the show for sure. We're going to watch some Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Who brought Mary, up the Dice Mary, Man quite contra- Believe it or not, I memorized quite a bit of Dice Clay's work. <laughs> Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Shave your so damn hairy. Oh! <laughs> He's out there smoking oh. in the leather jacket. So good. It was when I was younger. I was like, I could be a star. Could we replace laughing at your jokes with just standard dice clay reactions for a night? Would that yeah. work for you? If Aaron oh. doesn't laugh, it's just constantly like, oh, oh, yeah, I think that's good. I like that. <laughs> oh, so Aaron, nobody heard what you said, but I, I'm sure it was good. Uh, Matt, what do you think? What's the best dancing in the movie? Well, I'm trying to think of like an actual, like cool, you know, like those movies, Stomp the Yard, and those ones that are mm-hmm. like built around like. Mm-hmm. Dance battles. I can't think of save it. the last dance, um, but save the last dance with Julia Styles and Derek Luke. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I was just thinking of dance scenes that are memorable. You know, so Pulp Fiction comes to mind. Mm, yeah, when, yeah. Uh, nice. Uma Thurman's doing that dance scene, and then I don't know why. Uh oh. I'm embarrassed to admit it. Yes. But the dance scene in Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. At the end. Yes. Oh, he's pretty good. That's, he's the best. That's true. He yeah. can move. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's the best. Since we talked about Jumeriquai the other day, he has come up at least five times in my outside the podcast life. Jumeriquai keeps coming up over and over. And that's Jumeriquai playing that song. When I started teaching, I was once at a dance where I was running it, and I made the DJ play that song over the thing. It was a huge hit because everybody loved that movie. Great hit. Russell, I know you got so many answers in your head. What do you think is the best dance scene of all time? Uh, this is an interesting one. I don't know if the dance originated with this movie. You, you guys know me. My only dance skills come at have to be at weddings. This is a wedding favorite is shout is shout yeah. from animal house. Did that, was that yes. dance existing oh, before that or one. not? Uh, I, well, the song did. Yeah, but uh, no, but, but I think that's but where like that's the most idea of like from. getting really low, getting low and then laying on the ground and whispering, whispering, and then building it back up. Like, is that from animal house or did, did that dance exist before? It's a dance. I've never went to a dance before Animal (laughs) House. But but the thing is, they say the dance in the song. So it's not like the movie. I mean, he's telling you, get low. But I have to admit, lying on the ground and whispering. I mean, that's, you know, to Russell, that's just an average date. What? Consider the shout move of going down, 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 and then up a dance. I yes, would we do. That no, okay. Animal yes. House okay. did not. It's in Animal <laughs> House. Yes, I know. So we agree with you. We think that's a great choice. You're defending it against nobody. I don't know who you're arguing with. Straw man argument. <laughs> I might need to be unplugged for a minute here. No, 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 no. All right. So let's get into everybody's favorite section. And by the way, thank you so much for leaving the voicemail. That was Uh, a great voicemail. 802-277-BECK. Or you can email us at uh, beckdidabetter at gmail.com or text us or even reply to our Instagram. 
let's get into everybody's favorite section. Rolling, going. It's 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 time to see what everybody's up to. It's yeah, time a plethora for of riches rolling, this week. Russell, rolling. who should I go with first? Do you think we got to go with Aaron? Aaron. 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 Go with Aaron. Oh wow, right. wow. Okay, you didn't hurt yourself in some stupid way, did you? No. <laughs> well, I got there are three parts to my rolling going this week. I hope I can make it into all of them. Okay. Part one is that I have to say right away that my son learned to ride a bike this week. He is riding with pedals. That was a super proud dad moment for me. So I'm, I'm really proud of him. Here, here. Good work, Rosie. Thank that's, you. That's a tough one sometimes. Can I ask you, did you start him off on a balanced bike or did you just go right from like training wheels to the, you know what? We, I don't give a shit. No, yeah, we tried the balanced here. bike. He didn't like it. Hey, no one, and no then, one gives a shit what kind of bike it was. Yeah. I do. Listen. We tried balance bike, didn't get it to work. Right. So, I'm, but this is a my daughter on a balance bike was a hellion. Like we had to stop her because she kept hurting herself. I gotta, I gotta pop it. Don't take no mess, Russell. For uh, I gotta pop it. Don't take no mess. Moment for Russell because he didn't want to ride the balance bike. We bought him a bike that had pedals that he was going to learn to balance on. He wouldn't ride it unless there were pedals on it. And then when we said, once we put the pedals on, he was like, I don't like this. It's hard. I want training wheels. And I was like, you are not getting training wheels. Like, Papa, don't take no <laughs> you mess. You are not my son. No training yeah. wheels. So it took him a couple of months, but he learned without ever putting training wheels on. So I'm very proud of yeah. him. And, and uh, next He's like, time Dad, I, I can bike patient. through the tears. I can see through the tears and bike. This is good. <laughs> do, do your neighbors criticize you at all when you take away his helmet and you say, my son doesn't wear a helmet when he rides. <laughs> Give me that leather jacket. Sure. and. Give me that helmet. <laughs> Concussions are just like COVID. It's fake. But that brings me to my next bike-related uh, thing of the week, which is that I was out there when my son first uh, took off on his own with a pedal bike. I was out in the street with my own arm in a sling. I crashed my mountain bike uh, <laughs> the day after we recorded James Brown, uh, fractured the radial head in my right elbow. Oh, no. And nice. uh, I'm, I'm mostly fine. It's not that bad. Um, I would love to tell you guys that I was like railing a downhill and just crushing it. But actually what happened was it was my second time out on my mountain bike. And I realized that I was not technically up to going down the trail that I was on. So I stopped and was trying to get off the bike, at which point I grabbed the front brake and the bike kicked me over the front of the bar. So <laughs> I, I went over the <laughs> <laughs> I went over from the bars at zero miles so you an didn't, hour. You didn't like go and hit a rock. No, nah. like you didn't go over a curb or like no. some like, like some motor you, you were nah. getting off the bike yeah. and like trying to park it, and you broke your arm. It's the true. bike was stopped. Yeah, you went over the handlebars. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah, it's that's about right. How do you even do that? I don't get it. I'm not. Are you, yeah, I think are you I made. In? I think I didn't drop the dropper post like I should have. I made a lot of mistakes. I've replayed them in my mind for the last two weeks. The yeah. dropper post. What the fuck are you talking about? Are Mountain you bike technology is way different, man. That's why I was trying to learn. But I, it's going to be another six weeks before. Wait, I can. Yeah, what they should have is a big screen in front of the handlebars so you don't flip over going zero miles an hour. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we need That's to we point. need to dig into this. This sounds like a made up story for what the real injury was. I feel yeah. like the injury was something else that Aaron Cantor doesn't want to admit yeah. to. Matt what? or Rob, no. what do you guys think the true story behind the broken arm is bullshit? He just, I was parking it and I fell over the handlebars. What the hell? I think it, it, he had an arm issue caused by inflation due to eating so many dandelion greens. He doesn't want to admit it on the podcast. <laughs> so he wants to tell people he broke his arm. <laughs> and it's your right arm, right? It is my right arm and I'm right-handed. Yeah. So it's been a real pain oh my in the God. ass. Oh, geez. Uh, have you gone to work with it? Like typing? 
Yeah, I mean, it's not. Or whatever you do your job. I'm still not clear what you do. You don't even do, need like... to ask whether you need, typing is preventing it from going to work. Are you going to work? You know the answer is. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Probably not. No. Yeah. no. I'm working. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm working. So so now you come. So you, you, you hurt yourself, right? You feel a little twinge. Yeah. You come home and you tell your wife, listen, I went over the handlebars, a terrible mountain biking accident. Uh, there was an orphan right in my way. Uh, I had to swerve <laughs> out of the way of the orphan, hit the brakes because in front of that was an endangered tiger. Didn't want to hit that. Went over the handlebars. Really, I'm kind of a hero. Yeah. Your wife, of course, feels bad for you right away. At this point, though, you cannot help around the house as much as you normally do, question mark. So what? how does your wife feel about your injury right now? Man, she's been super supportive. She's definitely been supportive. I think she would probably like to not have to make breakfast as much. Uh, cause I, I, I can do some things in the kitchen, but definitely, you know, and I also cannot fold laundry at all. So she's doing great. Oh, she's been no. very sweet to me, but I so definitely feel hammer. like I hope that I can get back I and break my elbow here again. <laughs> we just all show up tomorrow. We all have broken, right? Radial, oh, my radial head yeah. is cracked. <laughs> cause you said it didn't really even hurt that bad, right? Like to me, breaking no. my elbow sounds like the most painful thing in the world. It never really hurt. And then what's weird is that uh, I had a splint on it until Sunday. Sunday night, I woke up and my hand hurt so bad I couldn't move. So I had to take the splint off. And then the doctor told me I can leave the splint off. And now my hand is blown up like I've, you know, like I've had an allergic reaction to a bee sting or something. But I guess it's like. Put your hand up to the camera. Let's see this hand. Blew it all moving around. I mean, it's just, it just looks oh, like God. a paw. I mean, it's kind of real gross. Just stick it with some sort of pin and drain it or something. It'll oh, be fine. Yuck. I've been just icing and elevating, but you know, I'm out here, I'm out here fighting for you guys. I, you know, last night at this time I was elevating my hand, trying to keep the swelling down tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm out here doing this podcast because I care about our art. Well, that, what, a, what a, what a terrible Hashtag mistake. Art. So, Aaron, it is true that when you broke your elbow, you did text us and we did reply eventually. And then after date, none of us asked like, oh, how are you doing now? Or what's going on? So are you one of these guys who always breaks their bones? Like, have you broken a lot of bones? Oh, this is no, like a, a- this is this is a horrible conversation. This is almost certainly likely to end with one of us. You know, I've already tempted fate with the dentist song. Like, but the odds of my teeth falling out by tomorrow morning are about 50-50. <laughs> we don't need to talk about whether we got, we've broken bones or not. I would tell how you many, this, Aaron? I've- over five? I've fallen. I've fallen on my bike two times in my whole life. Once okay. two weeks ago. Once in 2010. Both times I broke an elbow. Those are my only two Jesus. broken bones ever. My you only two elbows. falls on a bike ever. Yeah. The previous one was not as bad. This one's more serious. The previous one was like like a, like a hairline fracture of the ulna, but this one's more serious. But yeah, two bike falls, two broken elbows. So listen, everybody. I do want to. I I want you once again to picture Aaron out on the bike trail. I'm sure in like all matching stuff and he stops his bike and goes, well, I'm done for the day. Better stop in the middle of this trail. The bike comes to a complete halt. And then somehow he then flips over like the vault flips over his bike, hits his elbow on the ground and goes, "Ah, ah, ah, then I have to do, I mean, there's more to the story. Then I have to do a walk of shame down the hill because I'm already far enough down that going up would be terrible and not that safe. So I got to do a walk of shame down this my, this uh, trail. I hope it's a mountain. With my I hope it's not just a hill. I hope it's a true mountain. It's not. I mean, it's. A, it'd be, you should come check it out. I'll make you some dandelion greens. We can go mountain biking. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love In, to break uh, my elbow. That sounds like a lot of fun. So I'm on my way walking 
the bike down the hill and some dude comes just ripping down, just like huge smile on his face. He's jumping all the berms and he says to me, you okay? Everything good? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And then he just fucking flies by yeah. the spot where I was too scared to go down. Yeah. So I got a lot of learning to do. In the He's like, bike. well, I have date with a lot of women I've never met before and I don't have kids. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way. Whenever I see guys in the fucking grocery store, they have like a frozen pizza and crunch berries in their cart. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> You know, I've got like 85 eggs and chicken breasts that Jenny's making me bring home. And he's just eating whatever he wants. I'm like, God damn it. Rob, just imagine how much action they're getting when they add a bucket of tang to that cart on the way out for their checkout, right? <laughs> it's getting real. I like that you refer to it as a bucket of tang. That makes well, me think what you could probably a buy carton? a smaller I don't know size. what it's called. Yeah, a little cylinder. I don't know. I got one more thing to add really quick. This is for our Minnesota listeners. This is important to me. I saw on the internet that there is a woman named Colette Arand who writes for a website called uh, Firefight, I believe. Now I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to get this right for the write-up. She is writing an oral history of Hulk Hogan's pasta mania at the Mall of America. So if you are a person who's ever been to or worked at Hulk Hogan's pasta mania, (laughs) please let her know because she is writing an oral history of this restaurant. And I need to read it. It is very important. I don't give a shit about your elbow anymore. What? Explain to me Hulk Hogan's pasta mania. What you going to do when I shake this Parmesan (laughs) garlic all over you? <laughs> what is what was pasta mania? There was a short, as far as I know, there was a short-lived pasta restaurant at the Mall of America called Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania that was going this to be fantastic. a franchise. Now, of course, that is a that is a, a a for for those of us for those of our listeners that were not total losers when they're growing up. Hulkamania <laughs> was that the idea that everybody loved Hulk, that everybody was manic about Hulk, or would Hulk go into Hulkamania where he couldn't control? His leg drops and his knees. Hulkamania was like the power that fueled I think it could probably be both, him. right? It could be both. But it's Hulk, no, it's the aura and everything around it. Because yes. you were, if you were one of those, you were a Hulkamaniac. Oh, so yeah, he, he was not afflicted by Hulkamania. He caused Hulkamania. No. Yep. Yeah. No, he was. He was the disease. He wasn't the cure. <laughs> so <laughs> he then. So then. So then they they took that and they took. Okay, we're going to take out any mention of Hulk for pasta mania. We're just going to call it pasta mania. What a terrible name. Well, I think it's a good name for a restaurant. His hair does look like thin spaghetti. His hair does look like angel hair spaghetti. If works. you look at it real close, it's like nice and soft and like long. I think it is. It's called, I'm looking at a picture, Hulk Hogan's <laughs> Pasta Mania. I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> so this 1995 Twitter, at the this, Mall of America. Yeah. This writer who I, who happened to pop into my Twitter. Can you get a menu? Writing, Can you pull up a menu? An oral history of it. And we need to know. So if you're out there listening and you've been there, please get in touch. Let me tell you about these breadsticks, brother. <laughs> Pasta mania. I knew this would be. I knew this would be exciting for you guys. I knew. You'd be I love it. Yeah, we don't. We really don't give two shits about your elbow. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, do you mind if I steal this as material for my next date and push to bring up Hulk Hogan Pasta Mania? Of course not. You have to. <laughs> oh, you mean the you mean the restaurant? You'd be like, just get right immediately, get to one knee, and be like, uh, here's a ring. Mix and match pastas. Oh, but they don't have any. Now, wait a minute. They do have Hulkaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. And they do have cheeseburger pasta. And then they have something called Hulkios. (laughs) (laughs) They got Hulk's power pasta up top. I like there's. I don't like Hulk's power pasta. That makes me, that makes it sound a little too sexual for me. (laughs) I'm going to give you Hulk's power pasta. If they had to add one, one thing for the menu from every element of his career and they only had to add from his gawker career 
what would the meal be, oh, Rob? It'd be it'd be sushi. It'd be an all you can eat sushi platter. <laughs> but it would have to be it's it's gotta be like Hulk's Hulk's short sushi or Hulk. It's gotta be something that it's Hulk sushi. Hulk, I'm fucking my wife's brother. What is it? <laughs> oh. Fucking my Hulk. wife's friend's brother. What is it? <laughs> No, it was his friend's his wife. wife's his wife's brother. What is it? Who is he screwing? I don't. Is that I macho can, man. I can tell you that you're my in law, but I hope this isn't against the law. I love you, brother. His wife's brother. I love you, brother in law. <laughs> oh, brother, what are you gonna do with Hulkamania? Runs wild on you, brother in law, and I have sex with you. <laughs> no, it would be sushi. You'd be, be all you can your eat. prayers and eating your vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, much like this restaurant, I think it is. Uh, this podcast is officially shuttered up and we're done for. Uh, but I will say, what do you think Hulkios are? Hulkios. They got to be like SpaghettiOs, but, you know, maybe they're style. Cheerios that look like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I guarantee there are little bits of my hair in those Cheerios, brother. <laughs> I cut off a little bit of my hair, put it in the Cheerios. And then they come out and they top it off with some baby oil. Yeah, Aaron, I am so sorry that you didn't bring up Hulk Hogan's restaurant earlier. That's terrible that you didn't do I, that. because I, I, Now I'm totally intrigued by what a Hulkio is. Well, how did you figure out this person was doing this book, Rosie? That's my question. <laughs> so, it, um... Yeah, well, she's a she's a writer. She edits a website about. It's called Fan Fight. Fan F Y W F Y T E. Yeah, but how how did you stumble it? What what were you? Was there an article you were looking at or something like? How, Are you just how searching you, Hulk Hogan's Posse Mania? Yeah, no. What's really odd is that you had a Google alert. I follow a lot of data science people on Twitter, and data scientists just have like it's an amazing network. I get a lot of like cool cat photos, a lot of interesting stuff, and this person who's a data scientist retweeted uh colette aran who's who's trying to write Russell, you the oral history that? of hulk hogan's pasta mania and i was like that's totally right up my alley i gotta figure this out russell have you thought about that i don't data, know data I, scientist i i can't tell if <laughs> data, this has really gone on for an hour or if i'm just going in double time right now <laughs> okay so i am going to ebay right now i am looking up hulk hogan <laughs> pasta mania Shirt. Let's see if anything <laughs> comes up. No, nothing. No, I'm telling you, it was a very brief. I do see pictures of the opening. He's there with like Macho Man. Macho yeah. Man is in on the action. There, it's that one rotunda. Oh yeah, a couple uh, Dig it. YouTube videos. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to have some pasta with my good friend Hulk Hogan. Oh. And then I'm going to get in my Jeep and drive down this road, and I don't think anything bad's going to happen to me. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> oh, I switched back into Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. Nothing bad can possibly happen to me, Randy Savage, the macho man, brother. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guys, I'm the man of a thousand voices. I really am. It's crazy. It's very impressive. Uh, so, yeah, guys, if you have any information about Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania, and I'm going to, you know what? Fuck that author. If you ate at Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania, <laughs> leave a message at the show. I want to hear, did you get the Hulkios? What are the Hulkios? <laughs> Next week, I will be breaking down the menu to Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. <laughs> I want to contact this person because I, I am fascinated by the idea of Hulk Hogan setting up. This is what I'm telling you. A pasta let's, shop. Let's keep an eye out for the oral history that's coming out soon. Uh, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. Good. Since we last talked, I... 
had my first uh, real live concert. Oh, nice. Oh, over like wow. 18 months. So Nice. Yeah. So uh, I think I was making a very uh, opinionated point back in episode maybe 27 or so that Patti Smith, the album was not good. Like, I bet the songs live and, sh- and her show live would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking... I didn't even know if Patti Smith was still around kind of a thing, you know? And so then all of a sudden when all these concerts start open up again, who's coming to town first, but Patti Smith is coming to town and is going to be outdoors at the Surly Brewing. Um, there's like a parking lot field kind of a thing they've got, which is a great uh, place to go. So I went and saw Patti Smith. Awesome. Yeah. What did and she open with? She opened with uh, Rodanda, which is on the album we listened to. Yeah. It's the, gym, the beach. That's the reggae one, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. So she opened to that. She played Gloria. She only played about seven songs, um, but she was very. Um, she had a very spirited concert. I would say she was. She has a very. She's. She's very good with the word fuck. Oh, she wow. uses it a lot. She very um, puts it in the right. Hey, places, that sounds like but- somebody I know. Patty Smith, give me a call. What the fuck? <laughs> That's the one episode my neighbors are going to come complain. <laughs> yeah, but her her son was playing uh, lead guitar for her, things like that. So it was it was cool. It wasn't a long concert. It was great to be outside. It was great to be it, phenomenal people watching. As you can imagine, the people that are going to a Patty Smith concert at Surly Brewing. So so yeah, yeah. so it was great. So, so do you so, have a higher opinion now than you did after listening to her album? Where well, yeah, she was it, your, your oh pantheon. for sure, yeah. yeah for sure. I mean, she, she put on a great show. You think? You know, there's like uh, live musicians who are great frontmen, right? So everybody goes immediately to um, uh, Mick Jagger. You know, it's kind of like the best frontman ever. So you see him; he's just he's part of the show. What he does, and she was absolutely like that. She's not just sitting up there with her guitar; she's putting on a show at 74, 75, or whatever she is. So hey. yeah, it was great. Props. And um, I think I absolutely missed live music. The the loud ass speakers that are making your chest thump. You know things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just great. So excited! There's we got a bunch of concerts coming up here. Uh, but Rob, you were asking if I yeah. <laughs> ooh, I said G L O R I I I want to fuck you. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was sitting on that. For but a long I, time. Uh, you know, I attempted to Rob. You do all of these wonderful things, right? From TikTok dances mm-hmm. with four other guys. And, yep. And uh, fixed you know, up Aaron's like brakes on his bike the other day. He asked me to, no charge. Yeah, <laughs> you do all this stuff with the pod. So I thought, hey, you know, like maybe we'll see what I can. Uh, I'll try to do this Instagram thing, right? And see, I'm going to this concert. We'll just put some content out there, or whatever. Right. So I thought I've I've been off uh, most social media for about I don't know two years. Every, a couple of years ago, I went to Vegas and I bought a new phone, and it it was literally like, um, you know, do you want to reinstall these apps? Yeah. I had like Instagram and Twitter, and I was like, no, I don't. I, I thought I was doing Instagram stories or whatever, where you're just like putting it up, and it's up there for like 24 hours and goes away. But apparently I was posting all of these videos as like uh, just posting them to Instagram. You're, so you're posting was, them to IGTV because they were over like three minutes. So they're up there permanently. But all of a sudden, because I share the account with you, all of a sudden, like the Beck the Better account just started getting like after like after like. I was like... And I was like, oh my gosh, they really love us. And then I realized Matt's posting videos from this concert and everybody's liking them. It was a huge hit. Nice work, man. Yeah. 
So it was fun. Great crossover promotion. That means you were kind of promoting the podcast. Does that mean you also wore a Beck Did It Better t-shirt to this concert or not? No. no, Why? (laughs) That that t-shirt's only like two years old. I mean, I would have really stuck out in that crowd. I mean, everybody was wearing stuff from the 80s. And oh, Mm -hmm. it was was interesting. And plus there was one guy in the back who was yelling, Hey, I heard about horses, but what about a horse cock? Oh. My Patty Smith, Andrew Dice Clay character is going to take off like crazy. Well, nice work, Matt. So you enjoyed the concert, huh? I did. It was great. And what's the next one? You got Rolling Stones or what? Um, no, the next one is Green Day, Green Day and Weezer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then that's, well, actually, maybe the night before that, Modest Mouse is playing at the Armory, I think. Load on. Yep. And so yeah. I, I, it might be. And then that Thursday, we've got the Whalers at First Ave. With the big oh woo opening up St. Olaf. The big woo. big woo. Shout out to Northfield, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, they're opening up for the, the Whalers at first half. So oh, it's, wow. a, it's a busy week. That's a cool. Busy week. Oh, Weezer. Oh, undone my sweater. My balls. Oh, okay. I'm running out of steam on that a little bit. <laughs> so I wasn't listening to most <laughs> just, of what you said. Little. I do want to say at the Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania, I have now pulled up <laughs> my phone so I get a better view of it. They call the ring side dishes, but it says ring side dishes in parentheses. Like it makes no sense. Why would you put ring side dishes? And then it's side bread, side pasta, side sauce. Oh, you're cursing some side bread with your side pasta. Yeah, but I'd be like, excuse me, I want side bread. This is just regular bread. And then the only thing that he has for little pasta maniacs. Okay, now that I got to give it up for Hulk. He he did it on there. And then he has international pasta, but no, no fancy names. He has main event specials, ring side dishes, and then Hulkio's. And Hulkaronian cheese, which is my nickname in high school as well. So, Matt, can't remember what you're talking about. Russell, can't wait for this one. Rolling, going. How's it going with you? Oh, you know what I was going to ask you guys? Remember, when on, on I think episode zero or episode one, maybe it was an episode never, never to reach the light of day, but I went to a baby shower when, a year ago when we started this. You guys remember I was asking, like, what's the etiquette for baby showers? Right. You show up with gifts. When can you leave? My friend had his first kid, the baby shower that I went to had his first kid. So I've been to like the post get together of close friends to Mm -hmm. meet the kid or whatever. But I was also honored to be asked to be this child's godfather. So I am a godfather now. Godfather. So uh, so I was going to come to you guys because I didn't even ask him what that meant or what that, what it means I have to do or anything (laughs) like that. I just figured he means, it means if his parents die, you have to, you get to take over the kid. (laughs) Take over. He's yours. Alex, he's the smoke shadow of Russell. (laughs) I don't see anything else there. (laughs) But so I was wondering like, what, what is the responsibility of a godfather in the world? I don't know if your kids have godfathers, godmothers or anything, or if you've been that, but, do I just like sit around like Marlon Brando and wait for people to come kiss the rings? Or what does the Godfather even do? Yeah. You can extra, today. just a little bit extra on the presence. Is the you know, like you normally be 20, you got to give like 30. And you know, you got to find like, uh, you really have to pay attention to birthdays and Christmases and that. Yep. And you forever, you're linked to being kind of the, the second parent, third parent, however you want to say it. Uh, Russell, I think being a Godfather is uh, that. Th- First of all, it's great that somebody would pick you to be a godfather. I think that's great. I do think you are going to have to do a lot of godfather impressions. So let's hear your best godfather Marlon Brando impression right now. Uh, you come to me this day on my daughter's wedding and you ask me uh, something. Go ahead. I'm about to make him an offer. He can't refuse. <laughs> oh, you're set. Whoa. You're good, man. That's a good one. That's- I think it does mean you got to show up for a lot of stuff. I mean, I think if the parents go to church, then there's like a bunch of, you know, you got to like bring the kid up in the in the way of the church and all that but definitely you got to show up for stuff so 
You've got communions. You've got baptisms. You've got all that other church stuff that I definitely know really well. Right. Oh, baptism. Oh. Talk about getting wet. Oh. <laughs> I can see why he is. He hits, man. Interdice Clay hits. I love it. So, Aaron, oh. so Russ, did you ever think about saying no when you were asked? Like, did you have to say, like, I need some time to think about this? Because this must have kind of come out of the blue a little bit, right? I think so. I think it's always an honor. You always get kind of humbled and caught off guard if someone asks you to do something like that that's meaningful. But yeah, I, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really ask too many questions. I just figured this person would either think that I'm capable of doing what they want or need, or they would know I'm not. <laughs> Russell, we know you're not capable. So just wanted to let you know we're not asking you. Aaron, were you caught off guard at all when your wife proposed to you? Uh, not, no, not at all. I, I expected it to to come. I mean, why wouldn't you? And that's weird because I didn't, I wasn't invited to your wedding. Uh, so let's get into my rolling going. We don't have time to talk about it though. We're running long already. My rolling going is Hulk Hogan's pasta mania restaurant. I yeah. want to talk more about it. No, my rolling going is that, listen, it is humid as hell in New York right now. It is just so humid and it really pisses me off because people come in, like my wife comes in and goes, oh my God, I was walking around town today and I got sweaty. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Welcome to my life. Like this is me. Like everybody now all of a sudden is a fat guy walking around. They're like, oh, it's so hot. I'm sweaty. I have to go. Yeah, no shit. Oh, oh, I need to wear two shirts because I'm sweating through. Oh, really? Oh, you work with little kids who make fun of you when you sweat through your shirt? Why, yeah, always two shirts. Why are New Yorkers so sensitive about this? Like it's never a story when any other place in the in the country is hot. But if New York's hot, people shit over it. Is because there's buildings without AC or too much walking or what? No, it's because it's the greatest city in the world. Oh, Who doesn't want to know what's going on in New York greatest City? city yeah. in the world. It's so great. And I'll say it's, it's like this humidity thing. Like it'd be like if somebody goes to if I if I went to a party with my wife and she's like, wow, the chairs don't look very strong. They might not hold me up. It's like, yeah, no <laughs> shit. That's my whole life. Oh, these airplane seats are really small. You're crammed up next to the person next to you. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> dumb shit. So anyway, every time somebody complains about the humidity, it pisses me off because that's just like my regular life. Yeah, I've been sweating since it got over like 72 degrees. Yeah, I've learned not to care. I was sweating so bad and I still went and just walked in and got a massage. I was like, that's what the iced coffee is for. Sorry. <laughs> it's true. You're going to grease you up anyway. <laughs> I did. I went to a massage when I was back in Minnesota. At no point did they wipe off the oil. <laughs> and it was right before I went to that party at Steve's house. So we were going there and I felt like I was in some sort of bodybuilding competition. I was so oily. My hair was all oily. I smelled like coconut. I was like, this is, this is crazy to me. Uh, all right. So that is my role in going. Everybody, let's get into nobody's favorite part. This let's talk about the album. What album is this? Pink Floyd, <laughs> Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Did you guys know people always call him the Floyd? I heard, I heard, watched the documentary, and they kept calling him the Floyd, and I'd never heard that. The Floyd, I was no. It doesn't seem like it's any. It's only one syllable, right? Like it's no, it's no shorter. Just call him Pink Floyd or the Floyd. It doesn't it's make any sense. Nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the album. Oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> This is kind of one of our, our concept albums that we talked about, which basically when you're hearing clips from this today, you really have to understand when you listen to this album, it's a continuous piece of music. It's like a, it's like a symphony going on for this whole entire album. This is their eighth album. And this is really their first one um, where Roger Waters wrote all the lyrics for it, their bass player. And he said, I want to make an album about things that people get mad about. Right. So it was kind of started as like the pressures of being a musician and all that. They, they, they started actually performing the album before this that came out. They started performing this album on that tour. So they started writing these songs live and kind of working on them. 
And then what happened is that they got good with the songs and they actually invited all the press to come watch them play Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety before the album was even released, a year before the album was even released. And the press absolutely loved it. So all of a sudden they were getting this great press. They're like, you guys can't wait until this album comes out. It's going to blow your mind. And sure enough, it did. This was their first top 40 hit in the United States, the album. It had no singles. The album still hit number one for a week. And what's crazy about that is that since then, it's been on the Billboard Top 200 for 958 non-consecutive weeks. Holy shit. On, the, on a slow week, and this is as of 2020, on a slow week, this album sells between 8,000 and 9,000 copies. Damn. Think about that. that I mean, it's, it's just crazy that so many people really, I mean, this is like. Are willing to pay to listen to this. We've talked about how some albums are iconic albums. I would say this one is right. I'm going to compare it to Thriller a lot. I think it's right up there with Thriller of like, this is an album that everybody has at least heard of by the time they hit the age of 18, at least for me. Um, and not just because Aaron, I had that poster with the girls butts in college. Okay. And then, yeah, I had two of them in case I wasn't <laughs> looking that direction at a time. Uh, this album was also recorded by engineer Alan Parsons at Alby, Abbey road. Now we've heard about Alan Parsons a lot. If you remember on the Rolling Stones album, he was the one that got kicked out of their French chalet because he got too drunk. And he also worked with the Beatles a bunch. And we talked about him another time as well. Is that the guy who does the Bulls entrance theme song? Isn't that him? How does that song go? Isn't that how it goes? It goes. How does it go? No, I keep doing that, Russell. Keep doing the song. And now, from North Carolina. That's good. I think it goes like this. But who did do that? That's Alan Parsons, isn't it? Is it called the Alan Parsons Project or something? Maybe it is him. I don't know. I just figured you guys, I, th- I thought this was going to be like Rob's half, half of the album. We were just going to be talking about the Bulls theme song here. <laughs> I think this is, again, for people that didn't grow up where they know every detail of Hulkamania and his sex tape, and then they don't maybe don't know the Bulls music off the top of their heads. Also, this has to be one of the most iconic album covers of all time. I don't always talk about the covers, but this is a banger with the light hitting the prism and spreading out into all the colors. And every single member of Pink Floyd has denied that this album lines up in any way with The Wizard of Oz, which, of course, yeah, which, of course, I have done. And we plan after this podcast, right? We're going to see if there's a YouTube clip where it lines up. Yep. Um, I did that once late at night. I had a cabin uh, up, up in high school and I had some high school friends late at night. We watched that. My friend who's so smart, he got a 36 on the ACT, 1600 on the SAT. Went to Harvard, graduated in three years. One of the dumbest guys I've ever met in my entire life. He's driving down the road after this, like two in the morning. Cop pulls him over. Now at this cabin up and we didn't drink. We didn't do any of that stuff. Cop pulls him over. He goes, son, what have you been doing? It's two in the morning. What are you doing? He goes, Watching dark side he goes you know, if you take dark side of the moon and the wizard of Oz, they like sync up. And the guy was like, get out of the car, please. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course. You should have gone directly to jail after that. I tried the, I did the sync it up last night. I, I've never done it before, but I did it where I listened and I, I, I actually paid attention to how it worked for a little bit. And I had a, a website up. It was called goldminingmag.com. I think it's a magazine, an online magazine again, Rob. It's about karaoke. It's about the best karaoke songs. They had an amazing, it just would kind of go right through and it would say like, what's the lyric or what's happening in the song? And then what's happening in the movie. When you read it, there, there's probably like 30% of the stuff where you're like, man, this seems almost too impossible for it not to line up. But then the other 70 to 80% is kind of like, uh, it, you could, that could line up with 
anything. The one I remember is the heartbeat in when they're talking about the Tin Man, right? There's like a heartbeat that's playing and it yep. matches up perfectly. It's it's it is kind of funny though to think of a rock band being like, God damn, this is a good album. But you know what I really love? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Let's try it's to match it with movie. that. Like yeah. it's so great. Or the fact that somebody found that out. Like this is another generational thing. You know, we can't like we can go on YouTube and find a video where it's synced up. People yeah. had to do this with starting a CD or dropping a needle on a record and then pushing play on a VCR or a DVD player at the same time. Yeah, who discovers this? this shit? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have it so much better than people back then. Like that's what you did for a good time. Guys, I am so into TikTok right now and there's a whole swingers TikTok. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how great it is. It's the wife's off is odd. I'm liking all of them. By the way, it is the Beck did a better account. All right. We're ready to get into the album, Russell. Yeah, let's go. Russell looks like he's really ready to get to this album. All right, speak to me, (laughs) breathe. So the album kind of goes song, instrumental, song, instrumental. Starts with an instrumental. Uh, They talk about how the chords he got from this is from Miles Davis, kind of blue, to switch between the E and the A here, which I think is kind of nice. But what do you think of this start, Russell? Uh, I think this is an amazing headphone album. Yes, Whoa, this is Rusty, this is so where right. I'm super I'm super happy that I that I got the Beats by Dre and have amazing headphones. This jumped out to me as being amazing headphones right off the bat. It's kind of panning back right. and forth. I just I I have thoughts on this album that I'll share as we go along. But the one thing that kept coming back to me was I just I wanted to be the kid in Dazed and Confused. I wanted to just come home from a night a night being out all night long and put on my record player in my room, put on my big headphones and lay back in the bed. And this is that to me is the only way to enjoy this album. Yeah. And instead uh, your wife is mad at you and you have a broken arm and you're recorded in your garage because your house is too small. But other than that, it's just like that movie. This while I'm riding the stationary bike because I can't ride a real bike. <laughs> Because my arm is broken. Hey, Aaron, I got to be honest. The way you're handling that mouse over there, it's pretty apparent you've become pretty ambidextrous with your (laughs) needs, right? I've had a whole week, right? I got needs. Uh (laughs) Like brushing teeth. Is that what you're thinking of, Russell? Brushing teeth? I asked myself, I was like, am I going to ask Aaron about jacking with his left hand on the podcast? I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'll let Russ do it. Functional activities. That's like what I have to tell the masseuse. Oh, yeah, I play a lot of racquetball. That's why my forearm is so tight. (laughs) On the run. This is a song they used to play in a jam and concert, and they took the notes that they would play and they actually put it into one of the first sequencers ever to come out, and then they sped it up and you get the sound. If you haven't seen, there's a great, uh, I don't know about great, but there's a documentary on Amazon about them making this album. If you're a fan of Pink Floyd, I highly recommend it. It's pretty cool. For me, things like this are actually the best part of the album because I like what it did for moving music technology forward. I think as a band, they are a bunch of amateurs. Wait, you think they're a bunch of amateurs, but you think like, the technology technologically they were ahead. I think in terms of playing their instruments, I think it's very rudimentary, but I think like the studio craft is very, very cool. A lot of people think I'm rudimentary. Oh, okay. So that was one. That's a less common character where it's Andrew Dice Clay, but he likes puns. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and sounds a little bit like Billy Joel, but not quite. Up your town girl. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> cannot keep doing that for the rest of the time time <laughs> bet you will I love these songs because I think like here so much tension in some of these songs right in the last one you heard the clicking and the heartbeats and then listen to how it gets released here when it starts yeah it's badass yep. I mean, it makes when this when the beat drops it's so good no 
This song is like every Pixar movie that I hate. And it's about how life is going on while you're preparing for it. You know, at some point you're like, I'm ready to live life. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I broke my arm doing a mountain bike thing. And the doctor says it's going to take three months to recover because I'm so old. And you know, I got to go to my job every day. Oh, I got Appreciate a drink to share with y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. let's hear, let's hear that instead of we're on, we're on, we're, on, we're on side A <sighs> of it just makes you wonder album. how much longer do I my have? Book, Booze and you vinyl, <laughs> and this album is so amazing. Know. They've got four pages dedicated to it. Four pages dedicated to this one album. With my kids, and I wonder. Like, but so they recommend. Have you guys ever had a red wine hot chocolate before? A red <laughs> wine hot chocolate? <laughs> no. They find that this album speaks to us in our either either our most deep summer or deep winter levels. The answer is no for everybody on earth. They give you the winter blues. <laughs> this concoction is the ultimate comfort drink to pair with this cinematic album. So is it just red wine with hot chocolate in it? Or vice yeah. versa? Well, they call for you to make it with they call for you to make it with with chocolate chips, but yeah, I went and bought the Swiss Miss. Guys, this would be like if you be 40. Saying you sexy thing because it would be red wine, hot chocolate. You sexy thing. To top it off, uh, the red wine I'm using is called Seven Moons Dark Side Red Blend. Seven Moons Dark Side Red Blend. So you really brought it all home. So, Russell, is it drinkable? Yeah, it's actually very good. It kind of almost tastes like a cherryish cherry chocolate type chocolate of drink. Cherry. <laughs> oh, oh yes, that classic cherry Who would have thunk? <laughs> I love that. We were so happy when we were about to start. We're like, okay, let's start the podcast. And Russell goes, wait, I got to go heat up my drink. I was just like, <laughs> yes, it's a hot Even drink. Better. I'm so happy. Even better. I do want to return a little bit to my UB40 hot chocolate. Ready? This is UB40 <laughs> singing You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. Therefore, red wine, red, red wine, hot chocolate mashup. Um, What's going on? I, I believe in miracles. You sexy thing. It might be time to. What? You say, I'm going to put UB40 behind that. It's actually going to sound really good, Aaron. You're going to sound really dumb. You auto tune it. All right. <laughs> David Gilmore. Uh, I, David Gilmore is the guitar player because Sid Barrett had left a couple albums before this um, due to some uh, basically a mental breakdown about being a rock star. His guitar solos, I think, are really. Aaron now Aaron does think these musicians are very bad, but I think this guitar solo is actually kind of cool because it's it's soulful, but at the same time it's like spacey. It was soulful but spacey. Should have put that on your bubble profile. What'd you say? You're whispering. I don't I don't care whether that's the technology or the artist. This is badass. I don't I don't care who gets the credit, Aaron. That's a good sound. I could learn this guitar solo. Yeah, I mean, I say that I think they are rudimentary musicians yeah. as a person who can barely play the ukulele. So I understand where I have no leg to stand here. All right. The great gig in the sky. No elbow to lean on here. Uh, no elbow to lean on. I was like, what oh. are you guys talking about? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because I keep thinking of the pasta mania. This is amazing. This is one of my favorite parts of the album when this... Uh, what's her name? Claire Tony, I read her name was. They kind of brought Tori. her in and just Tori. had her improvise. Is that right? Tony. Claire what? Matt? Yeah, Tori. Yeah. T-O-R-R-Y. Like they, Tori just, Danza. they just brought her in to improvise. And this, she came out. She was like, she thought she let him down. They're like, no, this is amazing. It's what? Yeah, she That's totally crazy. nailed it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It sounds so good. It used to be a live song they would play and then just read Bible quotes during it. I'm like, oof. What? We're running out of ideas. They're pretty fast. You're like, oh, let's read some Bible quotes during this song. Uh, money. 
one. I'll never hear this one the same. No, I know. It's true. You, you took this and you improved upon it, Russell. They're was it your brain dentists? Up. They're a scam? Guys, I don't know what the lines were because I threw off my headphones in disgust. <laughs> this song <laughs> is probably the most famous song of all time that is in 7-8 time signature. Now, Aaron, I understand what 7-8 time signature is. You understand. So, Russell, why don't you explain to us what is 7-8 time signature? Okay. I think it's when you have seven beats mm-hmm. in, a, in a measure. And so it's, I think it's when you go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two. Like you, I, I think you skip the eighth, the eighth note. Aaron, what would you say to that? And of course, I know the answer, but why don't you explain? Yeah, Russell's, Russell basically has it. It's the number of beats in a, in a bar. And in this case, it's seven. And yeah, now, Aaron, is, seven is it true is that you like, were arrested in college for having a number of beats in the bar when you weren't supposed to be? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is not, there's no truth to that rumor. Oh, okay. But I mean, uh, Aaron had more like a, he had more like a two by two time signature, two by two. Aaron, have you stopped <laughs> masturbating in bars yet? <laughs> yes. What? Oh, good. I'm glad you stopped. Um, so can you explain what seven eighth time means? Yeah. I, it, it, so, so within a, the group, uh, or the, the way the time is divided, you would find seven beats where typically you would find eight. So typically it'd be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you could group it in fours or twos or whatever. But typically uh, seven, eight or seven, four would have like two groups of two and one group of, of three. So one, two, one, two, one, two, three. And the best way to do it is like at a fast tempo. So it's like one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, which is why I thought of Brubeck right away when, when we were texting about this earlier today. Oh, yeah. Aaron texted us a song that none of us listened to uh, when we asked Fair him enough. to explain 7-8 time to us. But seven, I want to explain time for some music theory. Oh! <laughs> but it gives that kind of lilting, stumbling forward feel. Although, professor. for Pink Floyd Money, oh. when they slow the tempo down so far, it kind of gives this feeling of you, like like Russell said, you skipped a beat. So it's like, you. it makes you sort of think, oh, I'm, I'm out of time here. And then I think actually Pink Floyd plays with the way that the uh, beats are grouped too, which is you want to hear uh, some music cool. that's baroque. I baroque it off in your mom. Oh, so Rob, what was your thought on seven eight? Uh, I'm just, oh, look at the time. Look how far we are in the time. We have to get moving. But here's seven. One, One two, two, three, four, six, seven. seven. One, two. Right, Aaron. You mentioned Dave Brubeck, and so I figure I figured there must be a Beck out there who does songs in seven eight time signature. And your boy, Dave Brubeck's long-lost brother-in-law, Beck, also <laughs> composed a song in 7-8 time signature. This was for his album called Song Reader, where he composed the album but never performed it. So he composed it and then had other artists do all the songs. So oh, this is Jack Black smart. doing We All Wear Cloaks, which was composed oh, wow. by Beck in 7-8 time signature. Oh, I want to hear it. Marching to a humdrum between the truth and a cryptogram. This is Jack Black, like the actor. Yes. Yeah, and they're switching the. So I gotta ask you guys when it comes to composing songs in seven eight time signature that do not match up with the Wizard of Oz, who does it better? <laughs> ben does it better. Beck did it better. 
craziness that you, you keep finding stuff for Beck. It really does blow my mind every time I want to show you this. This is now in the middle of the song. It does switch to a four, four time and you can just feel it turn to rock here during the solo. I think it's because the guitarist didn't want to play in seven, eight time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The saxophone doesn't work because jazz right here. Yeah. And then because Pink Floyd was so effects heavy, I wanted to show you the second part of this guitar solo. They went from that wet sound where it has lots of effects on it to a very dry sound. So instead of being in a big hall, it sounds like they're in a tiny room. Listen to the switcher. I mean, it's a totally oh, yeah, different sound. I think it's so cool. Totally buddy guy. This one of your guys. Is this your favorite song on the album? What, what's your guys' favorite song so far? This next one is us, us and them. Okay, I do love Ooh. money, but I have to say, brain damage is probably one of my favorite ones. Us and them. This was actually written for an earlier album I never put on. And you can definitely hear that. There's a jazz influence in here. Oh, hey, black and blue. This is where if anyone goes and loops up the movie. They show black and they show the witch's dress. And then right when they talk blue, they go back to Dorothy's dress. So you think, do people think that they like just sat there and wrote a song about the Wizard of Oz? How, how did these two things happen? I don't, I don't know. I, I guess it blows my mind, but I do love the bit that if it is true that they just will never admit it for their whole life. Like, I think that has anyone tried thing. other albums with Wizard of Oz, though? I mean, couldn't you just convince yourself like we should go back and try... Amy Ramones. Winehouse. Ramones with Wizard of Oz. Let's see how it works. <laughs> nope, this doesn't line up. Yeah, is there a scene where Dorothy's sniffing a bunch of glue? I think I think we're on to something. Yeah, I think that's like, a great idea. Couldn't you, if you got like tired enough or stoned enough or whatever enough, couldn't you convince yourself that like any album yeah. that matches up with this movie? Yeah, you put on like David Bowie. It's like, right. hmm, these are some spiders from Mars. Like, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> I, there is that scene where the spike goes in her vein and she does heroin. So it might be the Velvet Underground. Any color you like. Another instrumental. Russell, what do you think of kind of this noodling psychedelic stuff? What did each one of you think about this? Russell, what did you think about this part? I don't know. It, it, it made me think of techno music. Honestly, I spent half the day looking at at Daft Punk songs, uh, Craig Craft 400, or uh, whoever sings... What's the other one that people love? Craigcraft uh, 400? Sandstorm? <laughs> Whatever. You I know what it Craig is. Craigcraft 400 at Pasta Mania. Isn't that what they're called? Isn't that, isn't that the name of it? Zombie Nation? Power Man 5000? No. Chemical Brothers? Craig Keep going, Russell. Keep thinking of it. You'll get I, it. You'll get I have it. nothing interesting to say of this. this I have a hard song. time with this, like, this particular stretch you just played, Rob, because I listened to so much... Uh, 94.9 KGGO classic rock in Des Moines growing up. And when this, it's like, it's like, you know, as Nickelback is to uh, Pearl Jam and Nirvana, right? Like the further you get down the line of derivatives from this kind of sound, Mm -hmm. it just gets terrible. And we heard so much of that classic rock that I think took the wrong messages from this particular stretch of things. Yeah. I mean, sticks, Kansas, all that shit. I just, I can't hear it. Where they're like, hey, let's just fire up that synth. We, we don't know right. what else to put in. Let's let's put up the synth. Let's put up the echo. Yeah. I got to say, were you a Floyd fan growing up? Were you a fan of the Floyd, Rosie? Only this album and only, yeah, because it was on, the, it, ironically, it was played like in the weight room a lot in high school because it was on the classic rock what? station. So I just like the stuff that was on the classic rock station. Oh. 
It is wild though to go from like a song like that to like the boys are back in town. You're like, oh, this song rocks actually. Yes, it's right. Not just, yeah, good. Yeah, it was a great example. But I gotta say, when you listen to this album as a whole with headphones in, right, with your broken headphones. elbow or whatever, it's yeah. it rocks. Headphones are where it's at with this. One. Roger Waters wrote uh, "Brain Damage," the next song, but he didn't want to sing it. He wasn't very confident in his voice. But David Gilmore, the guitar player, is like, "Man, you gotta sing it. You gotta sing this song." And what they're saying is, well, here, listen. Is on the grass. He said he wrote this song when he saw a sign that said, do not walk on the grass. The and he's like, the craziness is, the is having a bunch of grass that people can't walk on. So yeah. we're all lunatics. Kind of makes sense. Never. And then he was like, I'm off to eat at my favorite restaurant, Pasta Mania, at the Mall of America. We talked about, we've talked about Beck already, but this entire... He, I love the Hulk He took so much of this sound for his album Sea Change, at least for me, and maybe he took it from many other places, but the Beck album Sea Change seems to borrow so much in terms of like the sonic palette of this one. Lots of slide guitar, pretty- lots of ambient stuff going on behind. Did you guys hear the, the, the laughing at the end of this song or in the middle of it? There's kind of a creepy laugh. Did you guys hear that part? Rob, maybe you can pull Is that up. Play it for us. Yeah, let's see if I can. <laughs> mm, <interesting>. That's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, the is in my head. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's creepy, isn't it? It's nice. It made me start thinking though. Laughing is such a big part of our podcast. Aaron's laugh brings so much to our podcast. Rob's. Rob's day goes on whether we laugh at his jokes or not. So I thought we needed <laughs> to true. celebrate laughs in music. So I thought we could do a list of the greatest laughs ever in music history. Oh, this is oh my God. I like this. And no, no live performance. This has to be recorded in the studio. A real laugh. The first one, we've talked a lot about this guy. One of his songs have never made one of our lists, and he's going to kick off our list tonight. <laughs> Check out the laugh from the big bopper at Chantilly Lace. This is yes. a great laugh. Hello, baby. <laughs> yeah, this is the big bopper speaking. <laughs> Ooh, oh, you sweet that, Is that a cackle or what? Do I want? Oh, <laughs> oh baby. <laughs> You know I, what I like. I like that laugh, but I I might I might prefer Matt's reading of those lines to the Big Boppers. I, we might have to <laughs> we gotta bring that back. <laughs> oh, and you know what he liked. You know what he liked. Oh, baby. So uh, Big hey, Bopper, baby. Dice Clay. The, hey, I read- baby. You know what I like is getting my ass eaten. Oh, <laughs> you what? <laughs> Suck my toes, baby. lace oh. in your face. Oh, oh. Uh, next up on the list, we've talked much about up. the drum solo on this song. The next song is by the Sufaris. This is Wipeout. <laughs> that is a good wow. laugh, isn't it? Yeah. Seven, eight, ten. Perfect sound. I read that the so I read good. that the drummer for this drum solo went on to set the world record for most consecutive for a, a drum solo at 104 and a half hours. He played 104 <laughs> hours straight solo. Just playing drums? Yes. <laughs> I love to, I love to kiss my pants, hours. baby. crazy. I want to get that terrible idea. 
I'll piss my pants, baby. It's funny the second time, too. Can you imagine? So, like, if you're the judge there, are you just, like, insane by the end? You're like, okay, this is probably just going to last a couple hours. 104 hours, by the way. Just to let you know. Like, almost five days. Like, your entire work week is a drum solo. That's how much Aaron works over, like, a month. 104 hours. Is a that- fortnight, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Next next song on the list, I, I believe we've had a, a, an Ozzy song before, a Black Sabbath song before, but I don't know if we've ever co- covered Crazy Train. This is like maniacal at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another classic rock That's pretty good, moment. isn't it? You want to talk about somebody who took some stuff from Floyd, too. I, I, I mean, you can hear Floyd's fingerprints all over this. Yeah. It's so good. Hey, I read that Ozzy and his guitarist were really into model trains, and that's why they wrote a song called Crazy Train. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Sharon, where's my model train, Sharon? <laughs> I'm going to put a train now? on you, Sharon. Oh, it's Ozzy oh. Osbourne, nice clay. Next on the list is, <laughs> this is the only animated band that I know. I don't know if you guys know any other animated bands. This is the Gorillas. This is Feel Good Inc. Check this laugh out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a banger, too. Right. Yes, it is. I read it was about the darker side of what people do to pleasure themselves. And I was curious, Rob, what is the darker side of you to pleasure yourself? Whoa. Well, usually, usually the part that's on the mattress, because the other parts are in heavy, heavy light. I have a lot of ring lights going. <laughs> You need that for your OnlyFans these days. People demand good lightings. They don't want to see shadows where there's not supposed to be shadows. Should I do that? Should I start an OnlyFans and see how much money I make? I don't yeah. know what that is. I, I got, oh, yeah, right, Aaron. Okay, Aaron, just type in OnlyFans uh, <laughs> question mark. Uh, it's a BBC. BBC. Site, yeah. <laughs> it's a fantasy football site. <laughs> Fucking funny. All right. To go along with Aaron's most recent Google search other than that, the last song on the list is Nicki Minaj, Anaconda. Check out this laugh, and we don't need to let this one go too long after the laugh, Bob. at her butt. Yeah. He loved his fat ass. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's diabolical. I figured we had so much fun talking Sir Mixing Lot with him rapping on those butts weeks ago. We, we had to take the sample back and give Nicki Minaj credit for that laugh. I am now in multiple text chains where I have texted out uh, both hot sauce on feet and Sir Mix-a-Lot sitting on butts. Like that has happened a number of times. By the way, I noticed none of you responded when Aaron was like, I broke my elbow and I immediately sent hot sauce on feet. <laughs> Nobody was like, okay, that's a, that makes sense. But Russell, great list. Thank you. Good list, Russell. Excellent. Excellent, Excellent as always. Better list by Russell. That was easily a top five list. Oh, yeah. Top five. Wait, does that mean top five like there's five on the list or that it was top five like a good ranking? Or is it a double Do you know what a top five list means? It doesn't mean there's just five of those things. Like if I said the top five guitar solos, that doesn't just mean there's five guitar solos ever. It could. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the top five girls Rob's dated. Actually, that'd be like a top three list. You know what? You're in my top three women I dated. Does it count as two if two of them were at the same time or not? Or do you have to prorate that time or not? I don't, I don't know what you're listening. talking about. <laughs> All right, on to our finale Eclipse. <laughs> and again, when you go from the last song to Eclipse, it just is like, Matt. 
you're a construction specialist. You're yeah. the foreman of this job site. What do you think of this album construction? Well, it's meant to be a piece that all flows together, right? And so I think the thought behind putting everything where it's at is it's just naturally going to be better than anything we've ever heard because they're not just individual songs. They're kind of just placing in random spots. It's supposed to be a puzzle that fits together. So I think I personally thought it was great. Yeah. I got to say, this was a lot like uh, Rick Aguilera for me. Great closer. Okay, and that's the only other closer I could think of was John Rocker. And I was like, I can't. That's the only other one? That's the only other one I could think of. That's it. Very bad. Eric yeah. Gagne, was he one? I think I said Eric Bedard. Yeah, Gagne is uh, it, yeah. All right, that is, yeah. Actually, I know a lot about baseball, Aaron. Bobby Witt. Oh, come suck on my bat. Okay, not even that creative anymore. I think I need to rank it. Did I rank it in or no? <laughs> did I? I don't think I did. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, here. Well, start start the ranking over again, Rob. Start you got to start it over again. <laughs> Russ, we have play, to play it over again. Play it over again. All right, we let's gotta, start. Let's start the no, ranking from the beginning. All right, let's get to my very popular and patented rating system on demand by Russell. You guys were just going on and on. I figured you were giving your ranking. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, well, oh, really? You weren't paying attention? I couldn't tell. When you asked to give your rating again. Number one, we had not started the ratings. Number two, you had not gone yet. I'm physically present. I'm here for you. I may not be mentally present. Russell, this date is going well. I, I'm digging it. All right, everybody. We are up to number 55, Dark Side of the Moon. Do you think this album belongs at 55? Oh, it's well-toned. Is this a rolling bone? Uh, it should have been way higher than this. And, of course, that means a lower number. So, yeah, both higher and lower. You would think, oh, does that even out? No, not at all. They're actually opposites on the same spectrum. And when you think about spectrum, you think about this album cover. Uh, or does this a rolling groan? Uh, that means that this album was not very good. It should be lower. 56, 57. Okay. Now, Russell, you already gave your rating. So, uh, Aaron, what do you think of this album? Is it rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling groan? What do you think? Uh, I think that the times that I listened to this album on a speaker in the house or in my speaker in the garage when I was on the stationary With bike, Nancy Pelosi? Speaking of house, when I listened to it with Nancy Pelosi, uh, I could not <laughs> wait for scream. it to be over. There are times that where this album really drags. I I don't find these guys uh, engaging as musicians in general. Uh, but I will say, um, I agree with Russell. It's a it's a great headphone album. I, when I when I listen to it in headphones, I always found new things that were interesting to me, and I enjoy them. My final thought is there's a lot of slide guitar or slide guitar-like sounds on this album. And is it going to kill Rolling Stone to give us some goddamn country music sooner or later? So I I have to say, you guys know me. I'm usually on the soul music thing. And I do think there are many soul albums better than this one. But I would love to hear some country music at some point before we got to listen to any more stuff like this. I'm giving it a rolling groan. And a natural place to take that is going from Pink Floyd to country music. I think we all see the connection. They're not a big deal. Uh, so Aaron is saying, hey, how about David Gill less? Uh, Matt, yes, what do you think? Since Russell's already gone, what do you think, Matt? Is this a rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? I'm going to agree with uh, most of everything that Russell said and uh, you know, say that while, Stupid I don't know why dentist. Rosie's crapping on him so much, but you know, like Russell said, it's, it's probably one of the best uh, concept albums to kind of kick off more of these story-like 
albums, which we come up with a bunch of them like Rush and some of these other groups later on. But I, I personally love the jam band. This is, a, you know, kind of the beginning of the noodly jam band ish type things. You know, we've got. Did Grateful somebody Dead say Noodles them. Brother? That gives me a great <laughs> idea for a restaurant, brother. Oh, yeah. But oh, I'm mixing I, them. I, I don't know. I mean, it gets a little bit. Te- some of the technical stuff gets a little bit overdone for me. But all in all, I really like this album. I will listen to this album uh, more often than I have in the last handful of years here. And so I give it a rolling well toned. I think 55 is a good spot for it. I am going to say, if you start listening to this album a lot at work, people get suspicious. You get pulled in for random drug tests a whole lot of times. Now, when you think about Aaron listening to this on headphones, by the way, do think about Aaron either putting both headphones in with one hand or using one giant puffy, (laughs) gross hand to put in a tiny headphone into his ear uh, as if he is some sort of caveman who has found a new technology. Uh, Russell, what did you think of this four disc set, James Brown Star Time? What did you think of this? Star Time. Oh, <laughs> the ranking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know what? I thought about this album. I thought it was super calm and then alarming at times. So it was very kind of relaxing and, and weird to listen to and reflect to. I really enjoyed the Wizard of Oz things. I think albums should get credit for that. I think if it's if it's meaningful in pop culture, it should get more credit than these albums that are just a collection of songs that are amazing. So I think it should get credit for that. The name of the album is awesome. The cover is awesome. It should get credit for that. I really love the thread running through from beginning to end. And every song ties together. It tells an amazing story. I think this is Rolling Bone should be higher on the list. This is an album better than a lot of just collection of songs we've played. Well, so Russell, far. yeah. One of the things I did read in uh, on Wikipedia. Yeah is that the album's release is often seen as a pivotal point in the history of rock music, and comparisons are sometimes made with Radiohead's 1997 oh, album, life. OK yes, Computer. Yes, that's why you like it. <laughs> so that's why you like it, for how it's pivoting it music. It could be. You love the influence. Okay. Once again, yep. Matt shows he's the smartest guy on this whole podcast. Perfect. Listen, Perfect. the correct answer is rolling 45 million album sold. I mean, this wow, has sold wow. 45 million. It's the fifth best-selling album of all time, Behind. Whitney Houston's The Bodyguard, uh, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, uh, Back in Black, and Thriller, okay? Listen, if it's sold, if it's up with those big boys, okay, most maybe I'm not quite proving my point by bringing up the, all those albums, but it's it can't be a bad album. It's got to be great. Uh, it's the, By the way, that's the most of any album we've done except for Thriller. Next up, we have an album that definitely deserves to be dissected by four white straight guys. Exile from Guyville by Liz Fair. Oh, wow. Cool. I've never listened when to When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. Stop. If you want to hear four guys who chat and then they get off track. <laughs> I've got the perfect. you, Russell. I got, I got nothing. We need, we need to. It's all you, Russell. How about, how about, can we get an improv scene between the Hulkster and Andrew Dice Clay before we end? What's the, what's the topic? Uh, The topic will be uh, his restaurants. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I want to stick it in your Hulkio. Why does it have to be called Hulkios? Can't it be Dice Manios? (laughs) Oh. Dice talking to dice. Perfect ending. (laughs) 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 We done? Wait, wait, wait. Did I did I do did I do the rating? (laughs) Rating. (laughs) 